This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. Welcome back in, guys, to the Go247 podcast. I'm Glenn West, the uh, senior writer here at the site, uh, joined once again by our contributing writer, Dylan Sanders. Uh Happy belated Thanksgiving to everyone watching, listening, wherever you may be. Uh, it was a pretty, you know, relaxed, chill day for me, just hanging out with the family. Um, and uh, I'm getting set here to leave for College Station in the next couple hours. So we will have boots on the ground for the final regular season game of the year. Uh, I will also be going to uh, the SEC championship game next year or next next year, next week. Uh, well, wow. Breaking uh, news. Yeah. LSU's yeah. already qualified. We'll go back to back. We'll go. Let's go back to back. Um, uh, yeah. So I'll be back uh, next week and uh, visiting from Atlanta. So uh, that'll be well, fun as well. Um, well, Glenn, for your hope, I hope there are no seven of our times. Yeah. For all of our hopes, but yeah. yours yeah, especially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. well, I, 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 you know, I think you know, they, they, there's a new rule for a reason. Uh, there, there's a new overtime rule for a reason. So uh, maybe, uh, maybe if LSU does get an overtime situation, they'll go for two and just end it after the first one, like they've uh, already proven they can do. So, uh, with that, I mean, Dylan, uh, just uh, how was your Thanksgiving, man? It was good. It was great seeing the family. Uh, there are so many sports going on right now. I've been loving the World Cup. Uh, we'll see how I feel about that uh, after today, whenever uh, USA destroys England. I'm, I'm saying it right now before the episode comes out, before the match even happens. It's happening. Yep. Um, go America, red, white, and blue all day. What time is um, that? 1, 1 p.m. Central. Right, so I'll be in the car, unfortunately. I'll, actually, I might be at Daryl's. I might be at Daryl's getting a, a sub from Daryl's. So maybe I'll uh, be, maybe I'll be in New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, right. But, uh, yeah, no, Thanksgiving was awesome. Uh, it's always a fun time. And, you know, shout out to the Egg Bowl for closing out the night well with a crazy, crazy game. Yeah. I, I just couldn't bring myself to watch the Egg Bowl last night. I was just too <laughs> drained. I came back and watched planes, trains, and automobiles uh, in, at my house. So solid, kind of a Thanksgiving. Uh, my go-to Thanksgiving movie is Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, well, planes, trains, and automobiles. If you haven't seen it, I'm sure probably most people that are listening to this yeah. might have seen it, but uh, it's a classic. Um, the the airport scene is just probably one of my favorite scenes of of any movie ever. Um, so. Uh, with that, we can uh, transition to uh, some Texas A&M football talk. Um, Tigers are, are, are going to College Station here with, you know, there's a lot on the line. Um, there's, you know, obviously a, a college football playoff hopes are still very much in play uh, for LSU, mm-hmm. but you got to you gotta close out these last two games and you got to start here with the Aggies who uh, aren't, aren't really playing for much. They're playing for pride at this point. They're playing to, to mess up LSU's season. Um, and you know that you know, they're, they're starting to get a little bit healthier, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, we'll get into a little bit more of that uh, as we go along here. But uh, just some overall thoughts here. You know, I think probably the the number one thing that I think LSU's got to do offensively is to 
attack the ground game. Um, this is one of the worst uh, rush defenses in all of college football. Um, they're giving up well over 200 yards a game on the ground. Uh, and so it's going to be very important for Noah Kane, uh, obviously for Jaden Daniels, uh, potentially Josh Williams, if he's back, we're not sure if he's going to be back in the rotation. Uh, he's dealing with a little bit of a knee, a knee sprain right now. Um, and so LSU wants to be careful with how quickly they bring him along. Um, so, you, you know, it's, it's going to have to start on the ground, I think. You know, uh, Texas A&M is actually pretty decent against the pass. That's probably the one area that they've been pretty consistently good in um, all year uh, with their team. Um, and, and their secondary has played really, really well. So um, not saying that you're not going to be able to get the passing game involved, but just starting with the run game and getting that established early on, that was the number one key that I put in our previews and predictions piece. I think that's just going to be really, really important uh, for LSU to move the ball downfield and continue to move the sticks. Um, you know, Dylan, offensively, when you look at this team, uh, this LSU team, and just what are a couple of the advantages? I know you've written about it some this week, but what are some of the advantages uh, that you see with this uh, with this uh, Alabama or A&M defense? Well, the big advantage is Jaden's legs, because as we've all was as we've seen this year, the SEC is full of running quarterbacks, mobile quarterbacks, and A and M has uh, really struggled uh, uh, with giving up yards um, to mobile quarterbacks. You know, even uh, Jackson Dart had like eighty rushing yards on him, uh, which is definitely a positive for LSU because uh, Jaden's the fastest quarterback in the SEC. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe it's Malik Hornsby when he's not being chased by Harold Perkins. But, uh, as of right now, Jaden Davis is the fastest and shiftiest. So, uh, you know, I think if other, other teams have shown to be able to get, uh, get by with using their quarterback in the run game a lot, LSU should absolutely jump at the opportunity to use that, uh, that playbook and, uh, and use it to their advantage, uh, that's the biggest for sure advantage. What I'm interested to see is kind of a, a meeting of the un- unstoppable force meets the immovable object. LSU is top 15 in the country in red zone offense. Texas A&M's top six in red zone defense. So uh, it'll be interesting. I think really the red zone, because both – both of these teams are strong in the red zone on both sides of the ball. So it'll be interesting to see what happens and who can get the edge there. Although it seems like it'll probably, it should be LSU, but a still done a good job in the red zone this year, despite all their struggles. Yeah. And LSU's defense is pretty high up there as well in terms of red zone defense as well. So uh, I do think that, that that's a very interesting point you bring up and kind of leads into my my next kind of point of talking here is the, the offensive line. Yeah, I think the one of the other things that you know we're going to be keeping a close eye on here uh, as the game gets closer is whether or not center Charles Turner will be able to play. Um, he's been uh, at, described as pretty banged up by Coach Kelly. Um, so still a little bit undecided if he's going to be able to suit up uh, for this regular season finale. Um, if not, then you're looking at Marlon Martinez to get a second straight start at center. Um, thought he played really, really well uh, against UAB last weekend. And um, I, I think last weekend was a really great sign for the offensive line because – Earlier this year, you know, first month, five, six weeks of the year, if anybody on that O-line got hurt, 
um, and, and they had to be a big time sub. Um, there was pretty much a guarantee they were probably going to struggle. And I think it mm-hmm. was just because of a lack of continuity, a lack of chemistry. Um, but those guys really over the last five, uh, five games or so, starting with Florida, I have, have been just really, really consistent for you. And so whether it's Will Campbell, Emory Jones, um, Miles Frazier, um, uh, uh, uh Who's starting at left guard? I'm, I'm oh Bradford. Anthony yeah, Bradford. Bradford. Bradford, Bradford, Bradford. Been pretty consistently in the starting lineup for now well over a month, and they've been really, really consistent for you. So, how they handle you know, the the Texas A&M defensive line, the front seven, will be very interesting. You know, Jaden's going to have a lot of RPO opportunities, I, I think, early in this game. Um, so you're you're going to want to open up some lanes for him. Uh, for Noah Kane, for for potentially Josh Williams if he plays. Um, not sure what John Emery's role looks like. I mean, I think you probably could see him in you know those explosive situations. You know, try to get him out in the backfield on a swing pass or a screen or something. But he uh, you know, he had two fumbles last weekend, and so that's that's just not a very good um, sign for 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 any running back that has those fumbling issues. He's had them this year. Um, he's coughed it up a couple times, um, and he, he's an explosive player. He can really break a game open for you, but if you're not careful, he can also keep it a little bit more interesting than maybe you thought. So um, I, I'm going to be very interested to see how they divvy up the running back uh, duties. Um, you know, just looking at the passing game real quick, uh, I, I do think you know, LSU is you, – you can't just divert away from the passing game. I think it's going to be really interesting to see um, how they attack the A&M defense. I think there's going to be some opportunities for Malik Neighbors. Um, he's been your most consistent receiver all year. Um, you're going to really need him to open up the field for you. Um, Kayshawn Booty sounds like he's going to play after missing last week's game with an illness. Um, so we'll see how he looks in his final regular season game before SEC championship. And look, I think – it's good that LSU's playing a, a defense that has a strong it's strong against the pass game because you're gonna be playing Georgia next week. And so you're gonna have to be able to move the ball against Georgia and their stifling defense. Um, they're 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 great against the run and against the pass. So you're gonna have to really pick your poison, really be creative in the SEC championship. And so if you can find some really uh, interesting ways to get the you know the passing game going and be creative with how you use your receivers that's only going to help you leading into next week. And so I do expect LSU to, to, to try, you know, getting the run game going uh, and then uh, open it up with the passing game. Like you said, Jaden Daniels legs, I think are going to be really, really important for this game. Um, so that it'll be very interesting to see offensively how this team stacks up and if they can continue over some of that momentum from last week. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, again, I don't really see a reason why it shouldn't. Um, I mean, they have been able to perform on the road before the season. Uh, they've really done pretty well on the road uh, overall this season. They've they've struggled a couple times, but uh, we don't know all of the reasoning. But uh, like Florida on the road, they looked pretty good. Auburn, they stepped up. Um, the only two road games where they really struggled with, I'd say, Arkansas and. Uh, the uh, the neutral site game at the beginning of the year, but that, again that was the first game. But uh, 
Yeah. You know, I, I, I feel like this team's in a good mindset. This offense is in a good mindset to where they're not going to be taking the week off. It doesn't seem like this is, that's not Brian Kelly's MO. Uh, they'll have, he'll have them ready and they will, uh, hopefully continue to shine, uh, see if Kayshawn's back and Malik neighbors continuing his great game from last week. Introducing the two way V4 where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance with fuel cell. Each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return paired with fresh foam experience, maximum comfort throughout the game. It's lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two way for yourself at newbalance.com. Yeah, it, it's going to be really interesting. I, I'm I'm excited to see what uh, what kind of offense they they run out there. Um, you know, Mason Taylor I think has really established himself in recent weeks as well, being a guy that you can rely on in, in big moments. So if those if it does get a little hairy, if things do get a little bit uh, closer than maybe we expect, um, you know, he's he's obviously a really reliable option as well. So um, with that, I think probably the 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 other thing we have to talk about is, is LSU's defense, which has done a really good job of late of scheming up uh, these offenses for other teams. Uh, Matt House has done a great job. He's a semifinalist for the Royals Award. I would expect him to be a finalist on that list. I mean, he's been uh, really, really good for LSU in terms of scheming up defenses, scheming up how to get Harold Perkins and Ojolari on the, on the field at the same time the last several weeks. Um, that was one of the big question marks uh, for LSU in the middle of the season was how they could get those two guys on the field and, and both have some success. And you're starting to see it um, over the last couple of games. Um, really, um, a, 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 you know, facing an offense that is really down on its luck. I mean, they're on quarterback number three, Connor Wigman, uh, the true freshman, uh, former five-star uh, recruit. So, I mean, he, you see he's probably got arm talent so um, he uh, uh, crushed Ole Miss several weeks back for 340 yards and and three touchdowns um, in in that game so you gotta you gotta I think the the potential's there for him and and I think the biggest thing here is that uh, A&M does expect to get a little bit healthier they are expecting running back uh, Devon Achian to play in this game or a chain, something like that. I can't even. I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, Devon a chain, yeah, yeah, a chain, and then uh, freshman wide receiver Evan Stewart is also um, expected to make a return this weekend as well. Um, a really explosive player, a guy that LSU recruited uh, for a time last year, and he ultimately ended up choosing a And M. But I'm sure everybody on our board knows who Evan Stewart is. So um, he, uh, you know, that it's it's going to be a little bit more of a deeper team this weekend. Um, you know, I think they're, like we said, not playing for much. They're just playing to um, really just mess up LSU season. And, you know, one of the quotes that I took away from Coach Kelly this week is, this is a talented team. You know, this is a, a young team, but it's also got some talent on it. And um, you don't want to be the team that's around – them when they start to put it together and so mm-hmm. LSU has to make sure that this is a a game where they don't let A&M start you know building some confidence and putting stringing together some drives um and keeping this a lot closer than it has to be um defensively Dylan where do you see uh, I guess some of the advantages for LSU this weekend 
Well, uh, one thing that they do need to keep note of, uh, it's not going to be to the level of, you know, some players that they've played this year, but uh, as we were talking about earlier, Connor Wegman uh, can run a little bit. So he, he has the ability. Uh, he was a, he was a, whatever the equivalent to a five-star baseball prospect was as well. He, he's an athlete, so they do have to keep that in mind because he will break one if need be. Uh, it's just not the first thing that he goes to. Um, so keep an eye out there. I think that uh, A&M getting Devon A. Chain and Evan Stewart definitely makes this game harder because they are both their two best skill position players. Uh and so whenever you have uh, someone with a Devon A chain speed, that is definitely uh, terrifying. But they seem to have done well against those guys this year in, in the run game. Uh, LSU, you know, every week we go in warning about, you know, a uh, an elite level running back. And then they run 16 times for 48 yards. And it wasn't really that much a, a, of an impact. So. Uh, you know, LSU will obviously look to continue that performance. And uh, it could be another big game for, for Harold Perkins, true freshmen versus true freshmen. Uh, let's see what team has the, has the better group. Um, and yeah, so I'll, I'll be looking for that. And the, uh, the, the secondary has, has been starting slow, I would say, but they've kind of, smoothed uh, smoothed along as the games went on. Uh, They looked really uh, suspect at the beginning of the UAB game, but they they quickly fixed that. So I would see how the the secondary starts the game is something I'm going to be really looking forward to. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Perkins. I think uh, probably the biggest thing is you, know, you got to keep him as their as your spy on the opposing quarterback on Wegman. Uh, I think that's going to be a a big key to this game. I think you know, it could be another big game for Harold, um, who you know, is look. I mean, he's coming back to a school he was committed to, albeit for three weeks. But um, you know, he's uh, there's 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 you know there's probably some some things he wants to prove there and, and, and show why he came to LSU and why he's having so much success here. Um, so it could be a big game for him. Uh, I'm going to be looking at a, a guy like Greg Penn, who uh, has really, really stood out these last couple weeks. I uh, thought he played his playing his best football of his career. Oh, um, for sure. In the last two games against UAB and Arkansas. Um, had a fantastic game against Arkansas. He yeah. it got lost in the weeds of Harold yeah. Perkins's game, yeah. uh, but Greg Penn played fantastically and, and saved a couple of touchdowns on his own. And that's and that's what you need from your front seven. Those I mean, we were talking with Ojolari this week and uh, with Ali Gay, and both of them said that you know you, you have to have a, a full complement of, of of ability and, and execution from everybody for for people to have success in these games. And so um, for a guy like Greg Penn to consistently make the tackles to wrap up, um, to get into the backfield a couple times, that only opens up things more for guys like Ojolari and for uh, for Harold Perkins because you can't double team them. You can't throw a, an extra guy, an extra chipper or something at, at, at those guys off the edge when you know you got Greg Penn coming up the middle, when you've got um, – Jack Jaqueline and Roy and uh, Makai Wingo in the middle there uh, who are, are clogging up the lanes in the middle. So like there's, 
there's just you've got to have a full complement of of execution there in the front seven, and I think those guys have been just really really consistent uh, in the last two games. Um, I think the one advantage probably LSU has is their front seven is uh, leaps and bounds better, I guess you could say, than the A&M O-line. I think the O-line has struggled for A&M this year, uh, keeping their quarterbacks upright and um, consistently opening up running lanes. I think that's an area where LSU can have some success this weekend. Um, and then in the back half, you, you've got to be – uh, you got to be disciplined. You got to be disciplined with those speedy receivers. Those are young guys. Um, you know, you got to make it make it hard on on Wegman uh, early in this game. Uh, and I think the best way you can do that is to apply pressure and also hold up in the secondary, like they've been able to do for most of the latter half of games. You're right; they have struggled in the first quarter, quarter and a half of games uh, against Arkansas and also against uh, UAB recently. So. Uh, but this is a group that's veteran. They've they've now played with each other for over a whole year, or, or now a whole year, whole regular season. Um, you know, and I think they've they've you know they've had some struggles on the road. I think that was probably the biggest sign of concern for me were some of the communication errors they had on the road earlier this year uh, against teams like Auburn, uh, even against Florida. You know, Florida lit them up a little bit there through the air. Um, so that was. That's a little bit of a sign of concern. You know, I don't know how packed the twelfth man's going to be this weekend. You know, if you watched the UMass game last week, uh, it was it was something. There were probably more people at LSU's uh, game at the end of Su- thunderstorm uh, versus UAB than there were at the UMass A uh, and M game last weekend. So a, a couple of those like extraneous things that I mentioned when I wrote about it earlier is that um, you know. It is senior night, so some people will be wanting to play harder. And something that we have to start thinking about in in the transfer portal era is that some people could, you know, could see this as a last audition tape and want to play their heart out and earn a spot on a different team or something. And that goes for both sides. I'm not trying to just say there would be people – moving on from both sides that, that want another chance to, you know, get their name out there, perform uh, at a high level uh, in their last game. And this is, this is A&M's bowl game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if there is any fight left in the team, uh, you know, we've talked about the locker room turmoil, stuff like that, but you know, at the end of the day, they still have some pride and will want to go out. They, they, they can't make a bowl game. So this is their bowl game. This is the last game of the year. So you you will be getting AM's best shots that they've given uh, this year, potentially most likely. Uh, so you can't, else you can't just be like, Oh, this team is not bowl eligible. We don't need to worry about them. Uh, that is still a good roster. It's been the coaching that's been the issue for pretty much the entire year. So there's a lot of talent. If they talked about you know UAB's talent all week, they have to do the same about about AM because AM it's kind of the same situation where I think coaching fails the coaching failed the the better roster. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think the yeah, coaching's going to play a big role in this, which is why I think LSU is probably glad they have a guy like Matt House where they have. You know, Den Brock, who I think has been really, really solid in the play calling, um, you know, the last couple weeks. Um, it's going to be – it's it's just a good last test, I think, for LSU before they uh, enter this 
gauntlet of a game against Georgia, which I'm sure we'll get to uh, a lot next week. Um, we'll have a lot of stuff up on that game as LSU gets ready for that one. Um, but before we, we get out of here, um, just wanted to lastly mention about special teams. Um, look, I mean, I, I just a quick note on that. I think the one thing that you just want to see is just a clean game. If they can get one clean game from special teams this year, um, I, I would be a happy camper. You know, just just make all your catches, make all your field goals, your extra points. Don't allow any 60, 70 yard returns on on kickoffs that set up you know, AM for easy scoring drives. I mean, it's it's pretty basic stuff, but you know we, we've come to expect this with LSU, and if they can just get one clean game in before Georgia. I think that builds a lot of confidence uh, for mm-hmm. this group heading into that game. Um, but with that, we'll get into some predictions. Um, I guess I'll start, but um, I have this as a, a 35-20 LSU win. Um, I think uh, offensively they're going to be able to control the ground. I think um, Jaden Daniels' legs are going to be huge. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes for well over 100 yards and a couple scores on the ground. Um, he's just been that electric and – Really, I mean, I, I don't think I've seen a quarterback move quite like he does. I mean, he's Mm-mm. very unique in the way that he just runs. So fast. So fast. I mean, it's just like, I mean, there were a couple runs last week against UAB where it looked like he was just shot out of a cannon. I mean, he was in the backfield running around for his life, but then he just shot through the middle of the offensive line and was, you know, 20 yards downfield before I could even blink. It, so it really is like he's really fast, but I think what step puts him. Uh, uh, like uh, uh, sets him apart is his zero to hundred speed is just insane. It's it, crazy. It's yeah. almost instant as well. Yeah. It, it seems like, and uh, you know, he glides really well. Like it's just, you know, effortless it seems. And yeah. it's, yeah. So I think that is going to be a big, big thing. I'm sure. I, I'm sure LSU would love for him to take a couple less of those hard hits. I mean, he took a lot of big hits uh, last week. A couple of them were very late out of bounds. So, um, you know, it was, I mean, it was a big question with him and his run game is, you know, his frame. He he is trying to get bulk up as much as possible, but at a point it's really, really hard for him to do as we've learned. But, uh, you know, there was a lot of questions of, is he going to be able to take these hits? And I mean, he's taking huge hits every week. He yeah. to take, we, yeah. we know he can take them. He's, he's, he's been getting hit since week one a lot. Yeah. We asked Ali Gay this week, uh, just, how's the team feeling? Are you guys feeling fresh? And he immediately said, man, nobody's feeling fresh right now. You got, you got to just pretty much play through it uh, these last couple games uh, and then get yourself right after the season. But these guys are relatively healthy. I think they're in pretty good uh, spirits, um, but yeah, I'm sure most of the team is probably, not knock uh, on wood. We're about as healthy as you can be. Yeah. Yeah. If you can get Josh Williams back this weekend, if you can get uh, Charles Turner back in the next game or two, um, then you're really sitting pretty there. So um, yeah, Williams was they from what I remember coach saying they wanted him to sit last week so he could play this week, but of course things change. Yeah, I so. might have to go back and listen to that. Uh, I'm not sure if that's um, if that's exactly what I heard, but I I I think that that doesn't sound wrong. So um, yeah, we'll be interested to see how they establish the run game with Kane. You know. Kelly gave a, some really uh, big compliments and high praise for Kane for taking advantage of his opportunity last week. And so I do expect his role to continue to expand in this offense. Um, he's a guy that's just, you know, he's, he's, he's a bruiser. He's not going to 
make things easy. He's not going to be a real shifty guy, um, but he's a guy that I think can get you downhill and, and move the sticks. So that'll be good. Um, and then uh, I want to see, you know, how the passing game evolves, how they do against an elite group. Cause A&M right now, if you look at the stats on NCAA, it's, it's number two in the country. They're giving up just over 150 yards through the air uh, per game. So how they attack that, how Jaden goes about his business this weekend through the air, um, I think will only uh, build confidence or it could, you know, kind of lose some of the momentum you had last week. So, um, you know, I think uh, I think that's going to be really important. But just w- what are uh, what are your your predictions and thoughts on, on this one as we head into to Saturday's game? I think it'll probably pretty, be pretty low scoring if I had to guess. Um but I don't know. I, I just I don't have the feeling of oh this will probably be a, a close one. LSU will win at the end. I think it'll be. I, th- I think it'll be in hand for most of the game, but I do think it'll be low scoring. So maybe close by that point. Uh, but towards the end, I think I'm going to go 31-10 is what. I, no, 31-13. 31-13 is, is how I'm feeling. A couple field goals for a And M. Uh, yeah. some, some big stops by the LSU defense. Yeah, the over-under was set at 47 and a half, um, so I'm kind of right below that. Um, I'm right, yeah, I'm right below that as well. 35-20 is right above that. I'm, I'm, I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that, that I think it could be a little bit higher scoring, but um, you know, A&M, I think, offensively could, could get into the end zone a couple times with their weapons back and healthy. Um, but, yeah, I think the, the spread was uh, 10 plus 10, uh, minus 10 in LSU's favor. Um, so, yeah, just, uh, you know, I, I think you, you just you just want to get out of this one healthy. You want to get out of here with another uh, confidence boost um, before you head into that Georgia game next week. Um, we'll have all of the coverage here for you guys at, at, at Go247. We'll have Dylan and Sonny covering, uh, covering things from home. I'll be on the ground. Um, and we'll we'll certainly have everything you could want uh, out of this game on Saturday evening at six o'clock when LSU and Texas A&M kick off. Uh, we'll get with you guys probably uh, on Sunday, maybe uh, after a reaction pod. Um, but until then, we'll we'll catch you guys later. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.